0: Welcome to Chat EF, the Anime Feminist Podcast. My name is Caitlin, and I'm a
1: writer and editor for the site, as well as running my own blog, I Have a Heroin Problem. Hi, I'm Dee Hogan, a writer and editor for Annie Fem, and I'm also the owner of the anime blog, The Jose Next Door.
2: Hey, I'm Vry Kaiser. I'm an editor and contributor to Anime Feminist, and you can find me all over the internet by throwing Vrye Kaiser
0: into Google. So today we're going to be talking about the first seven episodes of the 90s shojo classic Fushigi Yugi, which is a series that we all have our own personal histories with. Fushigi Yugi began its life as a manga penned by 22-year-old Yu Watase in 1992 and running in the shoujo manga anthology Shoujo Comic. It tells the story of Miyaka Yuki, a 15-year-old girl who was pulled into another universe through a book and made the priestess of Suzaku. It was first adapted as an anime in 1995 and ran for 52 episodes plus three OAV series for a total of 13 episodes. It first began its U.S. run in 1998 in the Viz manga anthology magazine *Animerica Extra at a time where shoujo manga was really rarely released in the U.S. Since then, it has also inspired a series of prequel light novels exploring the lives of the cast and two prequel manga about Miyaka's predecessors. So let's talk about um, sort of how we came to Fushigi Yui, because I feel like we all have pretty long histories with it.
2: <laughs> I feel like history is one way of putting it. Yes. <laughs> um,
0: how, how old were you guys when you like, first got into it? Because I was 12 years old. Little, just a little impressionable preteen.
1: Um, I'm gonna. I think 13. I may have turned 14, like while we were watching it, but it was around that time because it was my eighth grade year.
2: Yeah, I was 12 into 13 as well. It definitely <laughs> hits those middle school buttons. Like that is entirely the target audience for oh. the series.
0: Yeah, with I feel like you have to be middle school to really buy into all of the melodrama, but at the same time, it has a lot of stuff that's really not not super appropriate for well you (laughs) say that yeah
1: it gets a little (laughs) it gets a little rough later on yeah
2: no, but but the way it handles those subjects is so entirely in keeping with what that audience that age would want to see because I was definitely I, I never saw this is the first time I've ever actually picked up the anime because when I was that age it was so prohibitively expensive and I didn't really understand torrents or anything like that um so I was only reading the manga from my local library, the flipped versions even for a little while there. Oh yeah. Uh, but I was entirely reading it for the prurient hope that there would be boobs in it.
0: Like, I was definitely <laughs> reading for the sex. There's there's a little bit of boob. Um I like was first like I was just getting into anime. Um and one of my friends was also of starting to get into it in 7th grade. And she had picked up a random VHS of it from um, Suncoast, I think. So it was $35 um, dollars like... for four episodes? <laughs> <laughs> just like episode like 15 to 19 or something like that. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, just random episodes. And she lent it to me. And I was just transported Um you know, it was unlike anything I had ever seen before. Like, most of the anime I, I had watched before was, like, One half, and maybe a f- few other series. Um, it was the first time that I had ever really seen, like, anything with that sort of melodrama that had really been aimed at my demographic specifically. Like, there's not a whole there at the time there wasn't a whole lot of nerdy stuff aimed at 12 year old girls it was mostly like adult named at like teenage to adult
1: men mm-hmm. yeah well and definitely in uh, like visual media like you could find novels and things but yeah
0: yeah yeah um and, and that was about the same age that i was getting into tamora pierce's stuff too yep but...
2: yeah but in fairness uh, tamora pierce definitely like uh, she was way better at handling sex. Yes. And oh, abso- Yugi.
1: oh yeah. They don't really compare. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, But like. Um, they
0: redid. My local library. And they had like really expanded. The, the teen section. Because that was when that sort of started becoming a thing. And they had a bunch of. Anime and manga. And so they had a bunch of. Fushigi Yugi videos. And. Um, And I checked out whatever there were of them, but it was all, it was always just sort of like whatever I could get my hands on. Like it was before torrents had really become a thing. Um, It was like, it was like back when it was like VHS trading Mm -hmm. fan subs um, was the way to like get anime, not really legally. Um so it took a really long time to actually like for me to see the series from beginning to end but it was my favorite favorite anime for a long long time as I've grown up I've sort of started to realize that it has a lot of not really like not great stuff in Mm -hmm. it (laughs) yeah um actually recently I've I reread the whole manga, and I was reading the author columns, and it was sort of, like, gave me a different perspective, so in some ways I've come back around a little bit, but it still does a lot of things really poorly. Um, Like, do you guys want to talk, like, in more, like, do you guys have any stories about how you got into it, like...
2: Well, it's it's interesting because like, I definitely re- like I read it from beginning to end. The, the end, I think, I came back and read later after I'd fallen off. Like I read all of Watase's stuff that came out, Seres mm-hmm. and uh, like Alice Nineteenth too. But oh, mm-hmm. I
0: was so into Seres for a while. I read anything
1: she published. Yeah,
2: <laughs> but but I don't like I was definitely consuming them because I was reading all of the manga that that was available. But it didn't. I read Fushigi Yugi. At around the same time I also read the gravitation manga, and that was the piece of shit that my like emotions really glommed onto hard. Which mm-hmm. also, in retrospect, is terrible garbage about terrible relationships.
1: Yeah. That's a solid comparison,
0: yeah. Um uh, mm-hmm. I got into gravitation in like ninth or tenth grade, tenth grade. Yeah oh god yeah oh, gravitation that's a whole other thing isn't it mm-hmm. uh,
2: t- 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 we should do that like if people want us to do that i can talk for
0: <laughs> so like are we just gonna have a series of podcasts where like we talk about terrible
1: nostalgically about like
0: terrible anime <laughs> my it's
1: it's my favorite problematic of the podcast series it'll be great <laughs> um no that would be fun um but this is this is technically a a, watch, a my favorite problematic watch along, um, so for the for the folks at home, um, we're
2: dragging you down with us.
1: You'll I would imagine most of the people listening to this probably uh, saw it because I don't it's not one of those series that you he, you see a lot of people bringing into the fandom, um, because it's it's kind of a hard sell at times because it's like well this thing is really important to me but I am also very aware that it does not age well. Um, so it's, it's, it's not, it's not like, no, where I'm just throwing it at new anime fans, like right. without, without hesitation. Um, it's um, one where it's like, oh, I don't know if this is going to really work for you. Maybe you had to be in a very particular time and place for it.
0: Yeah. I saw um, a few
1: people watching it after, um, Crunchyroll put it up, but it was mm-hmm. more like morbid curiosity. <laughs>
2: It definitely has that reputation now, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it's. It, yeah, it does. It's. I mean, it's. I. I really think it's a pretty damn good, uh, teen melodrama, uh, fantasy series, and um, which is part of the yeah. reason why I enjoy it. Although I never was into the melodrama aspects. Anyway, my personal history, um, with this sh- with this, uh, show that I I, I kind of love is um. We had this really cool video store in my hometown that had a bunch of anime. And so my friend and I were already into shows, and we'd been watching stuff, like, regularly for the last year or something. So we'd seen a lot of different shows, and we were looking over the VHSs, trying to figure out what we wanted to watch next. And my friend turns around and points at this one box and goes, let's watch that. And the box she pointed to, first of all, it was called The Mysterious Play, which sounds like an erotica. That's
0: right, because the dub VHS said The Mysterious Play and the subtitled one said Fushigi Yugi. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so she spins her and all, all they had at the store was dubbed at that point. Cause we, they eventually got DVDs, but all the VHSs were dubbed. Um, so she spins around and she points at it and fir- and it said, it says the mysterious plan. I'm like, Hmm. And the box that she points to is the one of the two twins who, uh, you, you dear listeners will, will meet later, um, with their arms, like all over each other. <laughs> Odd. And I'm like, I don't think I want to watch a twin cess porn. Thank you, best friend, but let's pass. Um, <laughs> and but she kind of kept... And we didn't realize, like, we'd had friends who talked about Fushigi Yugi, but we just didn't make the connection that it was the same show, because they'd never referred to it by its English title. Um, and so we kind of just went about our business for a few more weeks, and then finally she talked to me, and she was like, come on, let's just try it. So we grabbed a couple of the boxes, and we took them home, and just... Caitlin, what was the word you used? Transported. I think that's I think that's mm-hmm. very apt. Um, we were we were sucked right into the into the world along with Miyaka, <laughs> and um, we, edit, we we only watched like I don't know eight or eight or. 12 episodes that night. Um, and then the, we ended up binging like the entire thing the next time we got together, Oh God. which mm. is a mistake because that's <laughs> a lot of episodes and you hit the, you hit the rough patch at like 3am and you're not having a good time. Um, but we, uh, we got through it. We really, really, both of us were super into it. Um, it wasn't my first fandom, but it was definitely like probably my most passionate and longest um, I bought the manga. I have the Genbu Kaiden prequel. Um, I have a freaking character song CD, three of the Japanese light novels, two art books, a guidebook for the video game that they made, a Chichiri UFO doll. Um, I wrote fan fiction, fan art. I was in text-based RPGs. I got into stupid internet fights about this stupid <laughs> show. I translated two of the routes for this damn video game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot there was a video yeah. game. So, well, there, t- there were technically two, one's for Genbu Kaiden and the other one's for Fushigi Yugi. And it's Suzaku Ibun, and it's a um, like retelling of the mm-hmm. story where you get to play as uh, a new priestess named Madoka and you get to choose which of the boys you want to romance and the decisions you make along the way are like, well, if you screw up, somebody might die. Um, it's not a great game, but it improves upon the story of Fushigi Yugi in a lot of ways. So I might talk about that a little bit as we go. Please um, do. But point being, I, I, I love, I just, I love this, this damn series. Um, yep. And, is in Despite grade, everything. I didn't give a lot of thought to why that was. And so part of the the fun challenge of this watch along will be figuring out if I do still love it. And I'm pretty sure I do because I started tearing up during the opening theme when I first started it for this watch along. And um, so if I do still love it, trying to figure out why because my my head knows it it is full of problems. So we'll Y'all see are adorable, I... and we'll I'm see... a dirty
2: poser. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I'm really glad we have you on here because <laughs> I I think it'll be good to have the opinion of someone who's not mm-hmm. super warm on it. And plus, you've never seen the um, you've never seen the anime, so this will be an exciting nope. experience for you. Yeah, um, in that regard, the
0: anime's it's not it's it's doesn't depart too significantly, but it does some things different. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. I, I think the first time I twigged to the fact that the anime had done some. Things different was when i heard about the infamous torture scene I'll, i need to use bigger air quotes for that oh God. Uh, but we'll get to that later that's not in the manga
0: <laughs> yeah so all right let's talk about what we watched so we watched the first seven episodes mm-hmm. uh, up from the point where miyaka first enters the world to when she leaves it uh What did you guys think um,
1: of uh, the story so far? I was honestly surprised by, um, I haven't rewatched this in a long while, um, partly because it got to the point where I could practically recite the whole thing. So I didn't need to, (laughs) Um, but I, as a kid, I hated Miyaka. Um, oh, me too. Never liked her. I think, honestly, I think half the fun of watching Fushigi Yugi as a kid is watching Miyaka and going, "You idiot! We're practically the same age. I could definitely do a better job." Um, and I, I think, I think there is some some appeal to to that in that character. Um, but watching it now as an adult, I she's not as bad as I remember I'm her being. Way like I'm way way more sympathetic to Miyaka, at least
0: in the first few episodes. I yeah, I was gonna to say be. that may
1: change as we go, but at this point yeah. I'm I'm kind of I kinda like her. Um she's frustrating but in in ways that teenagers just are and I'm the way I, I know I was um but she has like some she has some kind of admirable qualities. Like she's very proactive. Mm-hmm. She's persistent. She's spunky. she's spunky she's but she's also but she's also not like a spunky like jerk, I guess. Like she she tries to kind of make friends with people and and Mm -hmm. try to um, make peace when she thinks she's messed up like she screws up kind of just out of like hormones and obliviousness and then when she realizes that she screwed up she does that thing that you do as a teenager where you think taking responsibility means like just self-flagellating yourself um you know what i mean like oh i'm the worst i can't believe i caused so much trouble for you um kind of thing Right. And, and kind of goes that, that sort of martyrdom approach a little bit, um, which is frustrating. But on the other level, I think I can sympathize with that more mm-hmm. now that I'm a little bit removed from from, from that age.
0: Yeah, like um, she's very anxious, too.
1: Oh, yeah. Um,
0: is what I've realized is she's going through a lot of stuff. She has anxiety dreams for like three anxiety dreams in yeah. the first three episodes. Yeah, like every um, episode
1: starts with an anxiety dream the first three do. Um, yeah, I noticed that too. And
0: it's really rough, and it sort of made me realize, like, oh, this is actually really, really hard for her in a way that's more relatable now. Like, um, she's really, you know, she's really struggling with the situation she's in, um, and that that has definitely made me more sympathetic to her.
1: Well, and it's um, kind of sad too because in mm-hmm. the in the anxiety dreams and the little bit we see of her with her friends at school, like it, you get the her sense nobody nobody believes in her. Like her no, friends are like, "Oh, you're going for that school? You're you? That's a terrible idea. You shouldn't do that. You're stupid." And then she has that that uh, stress dream about her mom, and uh, she's like, "I'm gonna go to Joan." And her mom's like, "It's no use. You can't do that kind of thing."
0: Well, and that's interesting because her mom is the one pushing her to go to Joan.
1: In the um, manga, in yes. In the manga,
0: yeah. I don't. Yeah, it's not covered in the anime, but, like, her mom was the one who was like, Oh, you need to go to Jonan. Jonan's the best. And if Yui's applying to Jonan, um, that's a problem. Because she's smarter than you. And that's one spot that you don't get. Um...
1: Yeah. Damn, her... They don't
0: really cover that in the anime.
1: It's a small change that kinda makes a big difference because mm-hmm. the Miyaka in the manga ends up being somebody who's who really doesn't want to do the things that her mom is forcing her to do. And so the book is something she kind of makes a choice about, like I'm going to escape to this world so I don't have to deal with this crap. Right. Um, whereas in the anime it's more of a she kind of just gets stuck here. So it's it's, it's I, a minor I... change, but it does arc it does adjust her arc a little bit. Sorry, Vi, what were you saying? Mm-hmm.
2: No, it's it's good. It's I find I'm still frustrated with Miyaka, but in a but it's not her fault is the thing. Right. Um, because mm-hmm. I, I I think her character in text first I cuz like I was I was surprised rewatching these early episodes how much she does have a character. Like she has interests beyond um and she is proactive at least until the plot calls for her to be damseled so that one of her hunky bodyguards can rescue her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um it's hard to watch that knowing what those traits will become, just in a broad sense. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think it's too spoilery to say that part of the reason I think people re- um, remember this series of M- as Miyaka is a terrible protagonist is that as the series goes on, she her character gets flattened out a, a lot, often, too. Yeah. She likes yeah. food, and she's uh, under constant threat of sexual assaults.
0: And she's not very smart.
1: Yeah. yeah. we. It's and, it's one of those things where you get the sense that uh, they were kind of trying to, like, make her seem more mature going forward. And in the process, they ironed out a lot of her kind of fun quirks in the early going. Like, the fact yeah. that she gets angry and is more than happy to just, just punch people.
0: Right, um, right. The scene where um, she decides
1: she's going to use wrestling moves is just the best.
2: It's, so, it's very endearing. And yeah. And then it goes away. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: it's and, and almost like she's pro- she gets punished for being proactive, and you see a little bit more. You you see, do see a little bit of that in these episodes. Um, when she tries to take on the bandits, she's still like, even when after she knocks them all down, she still gets almost assaulted anyway by one of them mm-hmm. who was able to grab onto her. Um, well, it- but she's just uh, she tries. She does she her does. best. She, and
1: she's, she does. And she, she's not totally incompetent in these early episodes. Like, she does have some successes uh, along the way. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. Even and if they're me, a little winner. She,
0: um, she does so many things where I'm just like, Miyaka, Miyaka, no. No, <laughs> stop. No, Miyaka. Yeah, Don't yeah. chase after the emperor's carriage asking for
1: a jewel <laughs> because you have an emperor in your country. You yeah, like, she emperor. should not she should have a concept of like you don't just walk up to the emperor. <laughs>
2: <laughs> just uh, and then just watching it, but but just watching it as an adult too. There are moments where like, le- like, in narrative, it's it's a very effective scene when she's thinking about Yui and and how she much she wants to get into high school. Um, th- that that scene is very well done, and I and it warmed my heart. But at the same time, as an adult, I'm being like, you know, there's there's high school really that's your ultimate goal just to get into a high school and i know that it's a different culture in japan but it's still it, yeah. adult goals yeah where the you go to high
0: school actually yeah, yeah can can play a big role in determining your future
2: mm-hmm. um It's one of those things that feels very much like, of course this is important to a middle schooler, of course it is, but as an adult, like, it's not where I'm at anymore, so it gets harder to engage with that.
0: Yeah, and it's one of those things that feels like the end of the world when you're in the moment, and then you look back, and it's like, oh, well, you know, that wasn't actually that huge of a deal. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you think of her relationships with her friends?
2: yui is best character that still remains true that was i oh, had a major crush on her like when yui. i was
0: 12 and it remains true now i don't uh see i don't like yui's yui anymore. kind of mean she yeah she's she's mean as hell to miyaka um and honestly i feel like that's one of the things that like did some damage to me because i was like oh they're mean to each other in an affectionate jokey way it's okay for me to talk to people like that and I ended up actually pissing a lot of people off <laughs> yeah that's I had that but yeah
2: that's that's totally fair I guess maybe I am thinking down the line where like she gets villainized a lot for things that she is legitimately she should be like, careful, legitimately careful. angry about
0: careful yeah
1: yeah we yeah we don't want to we don't want to get too much into that and there there is more to come but yeah no at this point I don't I, you feel kind of bad for her because like when well, we don't really see a lot of them together, like the flashback of them mm-hmm. growing up, I think does a lot to sort of humanize and soften that relationship because up until that point, all we've really seen is Yui kind of insult her and then um, just like yell at her. Like you better come back. Cause I told you to. Um, yeah.
0: Like she's, she calls Miyaka stupid. Like she does not treat her. She doesn't treat her nice. Like, I don't understand why they are friends um, as I'm sort of watching these first few episodes. Like, Mm -hmm. um, they don't seem to have anything in common. Mm -hmm. They don't. Yui just talks about how dumb Miyaka is all the time.
1: And Um, maybe they're the kind of friends who, you know, became besties in kindergarten and um, just as they grew up kind of started going separate mm-hmm. directions but because they've been friends for so long they still hang out all the time
0: yeah and I mean um, I've had friends like that um like literally I have a friend who um, I've been friends with since kindergarten and our interests have diverged and come back together and diverged and we've stayed friends through all of that but yeah like I I never treated her (laughs) the way that Yui treats Miyaka Mm -hmm. Um, and like Fu and Morin are like bit characters but they also sort of join in on picking on Miyaka and no wonder this girl has like no self esteem everyone just treats her so terribly Um, and then she gets to this other world and everyone's like hey you're like hey (laughs)
1: yeah but she's she's important here and people actually worry about her too like so it's not just like oh you're this great person you can do this great thing it's also like hey are you okay if you need to like take a break we'll do that um Mm -hmm. and I think that that combination is kind of appealing to her I one of the things I like about the book this second watch through is I think in some ways it kind of turns into almost this like grand metaphor for like all of your sort of fears and hopes about growing up in adulthood because yeah, yeah, That's
0: that's something that I wanted to get into later. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Should um, we wait? (sighs) No, we can talk about it now. Okay. Um, like it's very much about sort of the anxieties of a teenage girl, um, and sort of the whole series sort of. Feels that way sort of in retrospect mm-hmm. um, like you know she she wants to be um, she wants boys to be into her but it seems like no one's really been interested in her in real life she wants to be like cool and powerful and beloved um, but she's also got a lot of anxieties about her future um, and about her relationships and just the world around her, and a lot of these seem to get expressed through uh
1: what she goes through in the universe of the four gods yeah um it's kind of the they do a lot of i think it kind of runs the gamut of things you you sort of imagine that that high school and, and adulthood will be like um mm-hmm. when you're that age um Because, like, you know, like, there's, like, the dream for, like, the straight, the straight girl, um, kind of dream she has of, like, oh, all the boys will fawn over me, um, but then it happens, and it's actually really stressful. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then you know, kind of the freedom of like she can just get up and travel and kind of, kind of go where she wants. But at the same time, there's this added responsibility of being the priestess that she really mm-hmm. doesn't start to feel until the mirror version of her shows up and starts like messing, like starts hurting them, and she's like, "Oh shit, this is my responsibility." Yeah. Um, and then, but then there's also so so you've got like kind of like the the expectations of adulthood, which I think responsibilities comes into that. And then like Mm the, the ideals of it, which is like sexuality and, um, and freedom. And then you also have like those kind of like creeping fears, um, where, which is the constant threat of sexual assault that she runs into during these early episodes. Um, just,
0: I, I counted how many threats of sexual assault there were in the first few episodes. You um, we need a counter what, yeah. yeah, well I've been doing These episode summaries and um, I do have a Sexual assault counter
1: uh, Oh no that. When um, your show has a sexual assault counter That might be a problem
0: Yeah, <laughs> let's see, let me see if I can Oh no no, that's not the link I wanted to click
2: It is definitely one of those Things where like the show I kept running into this thing while watching mm-hmm. these early episodes Where the show would do something really good and interesting and then it would plunge headlong into the depths of melodrama. Like there's there's that really great scene where you know Miyaka goes up to the emperor to ask him for his stuff and you could see like Tamahome becoming like being impressed by her and you can see like maybe that's where he starts to be interested. And then like immediately the next episode he's in her bedroom like telling her to cry against his manly chest. And I'm like, Alright, that went quickly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah or um, then like there's that great scene in the mirror where she's freaking out because of course she is nobody told her how to do this job they're all expecting her to do yeah so she stabs herself in the mm-hmm. chest yeah all right that took a turn yeah. I, all right
0: there were five sexual assaults in the first four episodes and then it cooled off um and there weren't any for the next three which is where we are right now golf yeah clap,
1: clap, <laughs> golf, i thought we had reached a point where there were where there were quite a Quite fewer of them, and so like on the one hand, I I, I want to give the show a little bit of credit for acknowledging that that is a very real anxiety of, um, I mean, women in general, but mm-hmm. I think especially teenage girls as you're like yeah. starting to feel the waters of like, well, I might you know want to make out with people and have sex, but there's always that fear in the back of your head, like right, what if, and, what if this and goes there's a the sense
0: that other people are starting to look at you that way as mm-hmm. well. Um, well, and the
1: fact that she keeps running into slave traders, I think, is, is sex slave traders in yeah. this season. I think is it's like very literal objectification.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, like it's. I think it's relevant that Watase was so young when she started writing it. She was mm-hmm. twenty-two years old. Yeah, because she was still very tapped into those anxieties, and she said, like, in her um, chat columns, she does reference to like she still suffers from a lot. She was still suffering from a lot of anxiety. Um related to I mean related to work, but um yeah, if she's just a generally anxious person then the manga is going to um be covering a lot of that. And oh boys. There there are a lot of boys taking notice of Miyaka in this
1: series. Well well two is this currently. Um there might currently. be more. Is um, this the photo
2: reverse harem? Like, is this the one? I don't know if it's the first.
1: There had to have been. I mean, I think in the West, I think over here, it's kind of like the early sort of famous one. I I couldn't say for Japan just because we don't have a lot of access to like 80s and 70s -hmm. manga. It's definitely a famous one.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, It's definitely a popular example. I was so into Hotohori when I was a teenager. Yeah. I didn't really years old, understand
1: and... why Miyaka was into Tamahome when Hotohori was right there when I was <laughs> yeah, 15. Yeah, but like, um,
0: honestly, Hotohori has probably stood the test of time the least of any of the characters so I far. I think today. you're right. Oh, I think you God. are correct.
1: Um, he is he's... not. <sighs> Although I'd
2: forgotten Tamahome had a character at all besides just pining after Miyaka. <laughs> When it was like, oh yeah, he's at skin flint. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, that. Was I a mean, cool he doesn't have
0: traits. that much. That's his pretty much his only other character trait so far.
1: Well, and he's kind of he's kind of sassy and spunky early on. Yeah. He and Miyaka have kind of a fun back and forth in the first few episodes. He's and he's kinda, he's kind of got a big brother vibe going on. Um, which a is little bit weird with her at and first. creepy. It is. Well, and it's kind of the thing. The thing I almost. So watching it this time, I also didn't like Tomahome very much. My first time through, it's weird how much I loved the show, given how completely uninvested in the main couple I was. <laughs> um, but the thing—the thing, the thing I, I kind of enjoy, sort of cringily, I guess, watching it this time through is Tomohome. To me, is a realistically shitty teenager. Um, yeah, because he's that, only seventeen. He's seventeen. He he's honestly like pretty nice to her, and they have. I mean, not he's not like he's not like the nicest guy ever, but he's he's pretty decent to her early on. And then once she tells him she likes him, he just freaks out and doesn't know what to say, and then just starts like being a jerk to her. Um, and that very much feels like how do communicate. Um, as a teen, like, to the sense you're like, well, he could probably figure that out. And their relationship is so realistically shitty teenage relationship in terms of no one knowing what to say and everyone's hormones are are smacking into each other and they're getting mm-hmm. jealous over the dumbest shit.
0: Oh, God. Um, he will, like, he'll reject her mm-hmm. and then the next episode, like, ho is flirting with her and he just has the poutiest
1: baby face on.
0: I oh, love
1: God. And then Nariko throws a table at him and says <laughs> Why are you acting oh, so upset? God, You're the one who Noriko's rejected so her. Good.
0: But let's yeah, like Tamahome, yeah, has, has like improved with age. Hodahori though, he's so fucking entitled to Miyaka and her body. He like pushes her down on the bed and like tr- like forces her to sleep in his room pretty much and immediately she's so yeah. not comf- she's so not comfortable with it
1: yeah you can tell she is not into that
0: yeah it's it's really like he's really violating her boundaries over and over Does he talk about like his the only woman he's ever wanted for his own life in these episodes. Yeah, he can't... yeah,
1: he did. Mm. Um, And it is, yeah. it is, in fact, the priestess of Suzaku. He is in love with the idea of Miyaka. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. like, that he has placed upon a lovely pedestal in his brain. Mm-hmm. Um, um, And he doesn't, he doesn't know her.
0: No, but he's not at all. like, he He's like, oh, I'm also, she's 15 and he's 18. Not super appropriate.
1: it wouldn't have been that weird in, in, uh, in dynastic China because it was, it would have been fairly common for girls to be marrying at 15 and guys to be marrying at 18. But (laughs) I hear your point. I know. I I get what you're saying. I'm just saying like for the time period, it wouldn't have been that weird. Um, Um, but yeah, like
0: he knows not, he knows nothing about her. He's known her for like maybe a week at this point. mm -hmm. Um, and he's, and like, he is... confessing his love to her. And... He
1: asks her to marry him for oh. sake. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, like, when Tamahome is being weird and, like, offering Miyaka a shoulder to cry on, that at least, like, it feels like the anime's moving too fast, but it feels like Tomahome is sincere. In in mm-hmm. in like a not overreaching yeah. kind of way, as opposed to Hōdahori, who's clearly got designs in a creepy way.
1: And Miyako and Tamahome at that point have at least been through a lot together in a relatively short amount of time. Like mm-hmm. they've been kidnapped, captured, chased around, almost yeah. stabbed by guards. Yeah, and he's
0: mm. he's he's saved her, and like it's it's pretty natural that she would be into him. Suspension bridge effect. And mm. <laughs> and he's like. He is not instantly throwing himself into being in love with her. Mm-hmm. Like, he is hesitant for his own personal reasons. And, like, he doesn't know her super well. And Tamahome has withstood the test of time as a character way more. And it's so funny how my opinions have Flipped
1: reversed. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. They,
0: they really have.
1: I started warming up to Tamahome in the, when I was playing the video game, uh, partly because, well, first of all, it turns out when you get him away from Miyaka, he has more of a personality, which is fun. Um, huh. And two, in the, uh, in the video game, he is voiced by Miyano Mamoru. Uh, and that man is very charming. So <laughs> Wait, Tamahome? Really, Tamahome in the Suzaku Ibn video no. game is voiced by Miyano Mamoru.
0: Oh, okay. He's
1: got, he's Hikaru
0: Midorikawa. In, in the, the anime, anime.
1: yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Miyano was like 12 when the anime came out. I think so <laughs> that wouldn't have worked. <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, he he voices him in the in the video game, and I was like, oh, you're kind of cute and charming. When did that happen? Um, <laughs> and then uh, Hotohori in the vi- is when I started to cool off on Hotohori while playing the video game, um, for all the reasons we've discussed, but also he's a pain in the ass to translate. Um, he talks like he has a giant stick up his ass, and it's very annoying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's the emperor. He is the emperor. I mean, that's true. He is the emperor. Um, so he kind of has to talk like that. But it's still annoying. Um, he's also not a great emperor.
2: No, Yeah. Uh, my kingdom will be fine while I go mm. off on this quest about this girl that I, you know, like.
1: With well. no guards. Like, not even, like, a couple undercover oh, just God, to keep an is- eye on them. Oh, <sighs> that is so... Why would he... <laughs> <laughs> he's not a very good emperor. No. Well... There no, are worse emperors, but he's not great. <laughs> he's very he's eighteen. He's he's got a lot of hormones. Um Apparently. So. Uh,
2: yeah, well, apparently he doesn't because he hasn't patron like he hasn't patronized his harem at all.
1: Okay, he's got, far, got a lot of pent up hormones. <laughs> 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 yeah, he has not. He has not patronized his harem at all. That is a light novel fact coming to you from someone who has read the summaries or sometimes the complete translations of the light novels. <laughs> Aren't you guys glad you have me on for oh, yes. all yes. of this useless for trivia that's been reasons. shoved in my head for, like, the last 10 to
0: 15 years? It's delightful. Well, if <laughs> he had patronized his harem, he would have met Nariko earlier on. Best Subtle transition. To... Best, yeah, best, best character. character in the show, across really? the board. Not an d- undisputable fact, not an opinion. No, um,
2: a, fact. <laughs> a scientific fact. One of the okay. best characters.
0: Agreed. And I think Um,
2: before we we get in further, we we discussed some before we started recording that uh, we wanted to use uh, neutral pronouns for Noriko because uh, they don't have them in the Japanese track. Am I right?
0: Uh, Yes. And talking about Noriko's gender, it's a tangled fucking mess.
1: It is. Um, And (laughs) we might need the entire rest of this podcast just to to unravel uh, some of the lines this particular episode. Yeah. but, yeah. Yeah, let's go well cuz
2: they talk about, you know, when Tamahome is being a shitty teen who is shitty,
0: that
2: um <laughs> Nuriko does talk about the fact that that they're a woman at heart that like they have that line at least as the subtitles yes. translated it. Yeah, right. it's um
1: it's uh uh their their Kokoro is that of a woman. So yeah. soul. so it's soul in the manga, heart in the anime. So that's that's Right. Good. Um, and like a lot of
0: that sort of <sighs> like Nuriko's backstory is yeah, uh, we won't go be into it, it in but know. it's a we're mess. We're gonna be—we will have it's plenty of time mess. to
1: talk about that later when we get to it. Um, for, and and that and that tank. The re, but that's part of the reason. Uh, for the listeners, if they are watching along with us, part of the reason we're, we're using they and not she at this point is because of some stuff later. Um, and.
0: Yeah. So, um, so
1: yeah, we're just going to stick with they And I apologize, yeah. I may slip into she occasionally Just because that's habit for me um, But mm-hmm. I will I will do my very best to correct I will correct myself if I mess up Well yeah. I mean, I
2: think, I think the listeners Can, even if they don't know any spoilers They can get a sneak preview of The shitty things that are going to go down later Because frankly, a lot of people are really Shitty to Noriko
0: in these yeah. episodes yeah. And oh I my hate God. it I hate it
1: it's like, oh, I can so kind much. of I can kind of cut Miyaka a little bit of slack because her reaction to me strikes me very much as something a 15-year-old in 1992 would say. Yeah. If they met a trans person, they'd be like, wait, so you look like this, but you're in love with it. What are gay people? Like, to me, that's kind of a 1990... 1990- I could see a, a teenager in 1992 being like yeah. that. It's the other characters and some of the other reactions that happen in yeah. the story where the problem comes in. Um, right. Yeah, no, like... And also, like not
0: understanding gender identity i mean twenty five years ago, like most people's understanding about of like transness and different gender identities was really really uh i either non existent almost yeah or, yeah non existent or like probably pretty shitty
1: mm-hmm. um what does yeah. this is really. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Rye.
2: No, no. I was, I was, I was just going to, sh- I, I was just going to cast shitty side eye at Please Save My Earth, which came
0: out after this, I think. Oh. it's worse. Um,
1: um the Actually, manga I have is the before. first volume of Please Save My Earth, right here. The manga is before. I s- uh, the manga was like yeah, an I think 80s thing. the manga was yeah, like
0: 1989 or something. Oh well, yeah. then,
2: then Fushigi. Uh, is- 1987.
0: It is as old as I am. Huh. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It it was terrible. Was the point? Was yes. the point?
1: Yes. It's it's a mess, um, but yeah, you can kind of you kind of get the sense like I've always kind of felt like Watase's heart was kind of in the right place with Nariko. Like she really, I think mm-hmm. she wanted to really kind of explore like gender identity and sexuality with this character, and kind of and she wanted to kind of place Nariko in sort of this this like non-binary state, um, which again like I approve of the I approve of the intent um, right. the process is just extremely insensitive and tone deaf in a lot of ways Um, right well
0: I think um, I'm not sure about now but like especially back then um, in Japan and in in the US like people kind of conflated gender identity and sexuality Mm -hmm. yes Um, there was a lot of they, they tend to see them as like sort of intermixed and not like two totally separate things so it's like oh you're a man in love with a man and of course you have the soul of a woman mm-hmm. um, you're an okama or, <laughs> of course you yeah. Are. yeah yeah like um or like uh something that people bring up with sailor moon it's like oh it's so progressive haruka's if non-binary. another person talks about them i'm going to fucking no strangle them. no because that's they say she has the soul of a man and a woman because she's a butch lesbian
2: hmm Like... Yeah, that, that was... That's just the mangaka being, being shitty. The same mangaka who was like, oh, well, those high school girls have a lot of time on their hands to imply that they'd grow out of this phase that they're in, and I hate
1: it. I kind of yeah. hate the Sailor Moon manga, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, like, Nuriko Same time is... period, incidentally. Uh, Sailor Moon started running, like, six months before Fushigi Yugi, so yeah. this is all kind of coming together.
0: <laughs> but um, Nuriko, like, when they first enter, they're, like, really, like catty um, unpleasant yeah really just catty and unpleasant super to jerk mm-hmm. and they don't like just and like like
1: they kiss Tamahome without permission and-, and cart him around for about an episode just tied up which is not okay regardless yeah, of the no. person's gender no, um. not. <laughs> nope
0: not okay yeah still not like and mm-hmm. I actually included that on the sexual ac- assault counter because it's like it's not okay to just walk up to someone and kiss them because you think they're pretty.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where like I I can und- I can not necessarily excuse but understand like with Miyaka's reactions in the narrative make sense as somebody who's a jealous teenage girl and sees Noriko as a rival. Like, of course, as a teen, she's gonna be kind of shitty and they get closer and she gets over it. And that's fine. That's an arc she can have. It's that the rest of the narrative goes out of its way to like excuse and kind of like normalize everybody Mm -hmm. else having that, that awful reveal moment. Right. And and then use that for comedy.
0: Yeah. Well, Hodo Hodo Hori's reaction wasn't that bad. I honestly just goes,
1: oh, I I will give um, you another man who's as beautiful as I am. Yeah. Like that's that's they're honestly they're reasonably chill about it, all things considered. Um it's not handled um the worst part for me is the nyan nans are just assholes. Oh my god. And Taitsukun. So thank you for punching them. Um that scene is shitty. The scene in the woods when evil Miyaka outs Nariko is Honestly, like I, watching that, I almost started tearing up because I was like, "Oh God, this is horrible." And I thought they played—they didn't play it for laughs in the anime. And so I did—I did kind of like that. Like mm. Noriko is genuinely shocked, runs away crying, um, and as a nice bonus, gets to drop a boulder on that on that little a- <laughs> later so
2: I, I, I think I think they almost nailed it but then having mm-hmm. the comedy tree just dem- dem- yeah
1: I think that yeah really- them just kind of shattering the trees it it again it kills the moment but I to me it didn't it didn't come across as like haha let's laugh <laughs> at this person does that make sense like it was more just like oh Noriko's yeah. super strong it could I don't be worse, I don't, I I don't know worse, if i agree. It's not great. In the manga it's a lot um, less sensitive. Like the manga's kind of the manga's kind of a jerk about it. The anime at least made an attempt to make that moment like sort of land emotionally like so you get a feel for the fact that Nariko is upset. Mm, um, yeah. Um but it's not particularly it, well handled.
0: But it's like when they're out on Mount Takiyoku and Tamahome and Hodohari have have just sliced open their wrists and bled all over Miyaka.
2: <laughs> Which is not how anything works. <gasps> no, i, mean, sure
0: that I love how... I love how Yuma Tase herself Makes fun of that moment.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like, there's parodies of that scene. Like, there's multiple parodies of it. Um, in the like, in the
0: manga, which is a pretty few good. Later, so is the only My one favorite left thing about that
1: scene is Neriko basically <laughs> being like, "You guys aren't but, helping. Like, you're
0: Narika's, not." <laughs> yeah, you know, like, "You're all very low on blood," and Narika's like, "You can have some of mine." And Tetsuken's like, "Save it." So yeah, I'm just like, what the
2: fuck? What like, the fuck are you trying to
0: imply? That's like, like that's so shit. Like yeah why does everyone shit on noriko yeah all the time like are you the american red cross or something i don't know <laughs> oh. which and i mean that
2: does lead to lead to the metaphorical blood threesome but still like
0: <laughs> oh god it was that was scene was very <laughs> weird like
2: tell me that's not what that scene was
0: Oh, kind of the I can feel both of their blood the entering me. my body. Oh God! <laughs> I can feel their
1: warmth <laughs> simultaneously. Oh God! Good teamwork, boys. <laughs> well, they did
2: have that great scene about how well the other one handles a sword.
1: Oh yes, yeah. I posted that from the manga. um <laughs> It's 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 very wink a little bit there. Um yeah, I mean, really, a polyamorous uh, solution seems like seems like a good way to go here. Um, but so Except far, for the fact that
2: Hidetohori is a jerk.
1: But beyond yeah, that, yeah, that's true. I don't actually want him to hook up with anybody. Uh, yeah, I used Noriko to ship him with Noriko. right?
0: Yeah, I used to ship him with Noriko, and now I'm
1: like, no, you can do better, Noriko. You can find, you can mm-hmm. find someone. Better. Yeah. They uh, can
0: absolutely do better. That scene in particular made me so mad. Yeah. And Noriko's like, Why do I feel like I've just been insulted? I'm like, Because you have. You were.
2: You were. You yeah. were like You're Deeply being insulted, like something like, dirty and degenerate. What the fuck?
0: And yeah, like the really the Nyan being like, Oh, I'll fix your perversion. God, that's the worst. At least Nariko oh. gets to
1: hit her. Um, <laughs> yeah, but
2: good it's, yeah. it's it's the it's got to be the most i've ever been in favor of like 90s anime hyper violence
1: yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of the of the 90s anime slapstick in this um mm-hmm. which is kind of fun you don't see it as much anymore and their faces are all
0: yeah, wacky yeah. looking and yeah. so
1: i kind of enjoy that um yeah
0: yeah there are, um, some <laughs>
2: of the 90s stuff is is like a i don't know a nice fuzzy throwback i i do what like Miyaka being naked and having no nipples. I may have had to take some time to
1: stop and laugh. (laughs) (laughs) That's anime right there. Yeah. Um, That actually, okay. That, that brings up something that I think is, is kind of interesting about this uh, series. Just talking about Miyaka being naked. Um, It has those moments of like Tomahome walks in on her when she takes off her bra or like the panty shot. And Mm. it's, kind of interesting to me because watase uh has talked about how she uh really re- she really liked shonen growing up mm-hmm. and was really influenced by that and i think i think that might be part of the reason the series kind of appealed to me growing up is because it does kind of have some of the structure and tropes of a shonen um
0: yeah.
1: combined with some of those more like uh emotionally oriented character driven type um Shoujo, um arcs where it's like, you know, feeling save the day kind of stuff. Cause you've yeah. got collection quest. One thing I mm-hmm. noticed on this watch through that I hadn't really paid attention to before, there's like three or four times in these seven episodes alone, where characters pull that, that you call yourself a man, a real man would do this, a real man yeah. would do this. And that's very shonen to me. And, and, then, um, and then just kind of the way the series is very sort of constant movement and conflicts and arcs and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very it is very action driven mm-hmm, um, yeah. for a shoujo
0: series. Well, I mean, and do I like you like
2: um, Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I I I like action shoujo. Um, yeah. oh god, me honest, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's not the first shoujo manga that's um action driven. Like, no. Um, I mean, shoujo honestly has a really great history of like action, fantasy, mm-hmm. and science fiction. Um, right now I'm looking at my bookshelf and I see like uh Basara.
1: Uh, which, I think, preceded Fushigi Yugi. Yeah, I think I it think? was an. I think it was a late '80s show. Um, it might have um, gone past Fushigi Yugi too. It's long. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, just thinking like manga. the first. I mean, Princess Knight was is kind of considered the first shojo, and it's very much an adventure series. Um, and mm-hmm. then Rose of Versailles has a lot of um, kind of it's 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 a little bit of a mix of like the kind of more I guess like what you'd call maybe like the high school drama elements right. of shojo, and then the more kind of action driven. But yeah, it's it's not the first one by any stretch. But I, I think knowing knowing that Watase has kind of this has this background in in shonen makes some of the some of the some of the decisions like even some of the bad decisions make more sense. Like the like the panty shot and things like that, where it's like, oh okay, that's just that that's a trope you think needs to be in a romance story. I, I get it. it and <laughs> um,
2: you know even even that is it's it all feels so quaintly tame almost yeah. because like you know he sees her naked, but the camera stays at like mm-hmm. a mid shot yeah
0: mm-hmm. like and not... her her uh underwear fits like her mm-hmm. bra actually fits her well mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah it's yeah. nice um it is it's 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 quaint 90s isms in a, in a way which is kind of kind of fun
2: and i mean like she's still very stylized in shoujo but and i i i mm-hmm. i always feel like with her and usagi that they should be bigger characters if you're going to make them love food fine let me have yeah. it yeah but even still she has Realistic-ish human proportions.
1: Yeah, she mm-hmm. does. um Watase I think has talked about that too. She she likes drawing characters with curves. Like it bugs her. The, Although, the kind of in like the
0: there was like a character profile that's like, oh, she's five four and one hundred twenty pounds. She still has some body fat, and I'm just like bullshit. Yeah, yeah. In Fucking the manga, Japan. it does say she's slightly
1: pudgy, and I'm like, mm, okay. No.
0: No, she's not. (laughs) Like if if you want if and if you
2: want Miyaka to be fat, just let her be fat. Like how great would that be in this series where like every where like all the handsome men are falling over themselves Mm -hmm.
1: for her? That would be wonderful.
0: Um it was some like something really interesting when Narika was like actually picking on Miyaka. Um, you know, and Hodorori's like, Why why are you bullying her? And she's just like She's just a little girl, and she showed up, and everyone's obsessed with her. Mm
1: -hmm. It's like, yeah, no,
0: she is like, she is just a girl. Mm. Like, yeah, like she's. What's so special about her?
1: Well, like
0: she's she's, a teenage, she's just a fifteen-year-old girl, like, and everyone's falling all over themselves for her, and you know that is like the fantasy, but. I feel like Nariko was not wrong and being I mean Nariko should not have bullied her no. the way they did but like I feel like it was Well I think Noriko- as if it's coming from a place of jealousy but mm-hmm. it's not Nariko's not wrong to be confused by it.
1: Mm. Yeah. Well and uh again fun trivia tidbit um the harem that, that has formed at the palace has been there for like a year. And it was everyone there knew that the reason the emperor didn't visit was because he was waiting on the priestess of Suzaku. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so Nariko has spent a year um, kind of pining after this guy. Um, and she has known that he's in love with an idea basically. Um, right. So I think some of her, some of their, God, sorry. Some of, some of Nariko, some of their frustration uh, comes from like just this extended period of time um, where a lot of people had kind of this idea of what the priestess of Suzaku would be, Noriko included. Um, and so when she gets there, there's a lot of um, kind of frustration and confusion um, on the part of the characters mm-hmm. who actually pay attention to Miyaka's personality and who she is and the fact that she is a, you know, well-meaning but kind of kind of clumsy teenager, um, as opposed to Hotahori, who has basically just decided she's the best thing ever. Um, and that's got to be yeah. doubly
2: frustrating for Noriko because if you know if you're going to love an ideal, it might as well be anybody. And and Noriko is beautiful and talented and has literally mm-hmm. trained for this. Mm-hmm. And why has can't super it be strength? Uh huh. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I too am magical. Mm-hmm.
0: That would be frustrating. There was, there was like one scene where like Miyaka and Tomohomi were attacked by bandits and Noriko was like, mm, yeah, I'm gonna let you guys handle it. I'm just like Noriko, you can literally walk in. Pick them up and throw them. Why are you not helping them out?
1: Because yeah. Nariko was kind of a jerk early on. Um, <laughs> I really hated Nariko for for those early episodes. The first time I saw the show, and then and then very quickly, Nariko becomes a very likable character. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a very it's kind of a sudden about face. But it, well, uh, it's
0: almost like once they establish that Nariko is not a woman and thus not a um, legitimate romantic rival. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. and There is Miyaka definitely an element friends. of
2: women be competing like through this yeah. entire series. Yeah, there, there bad. is. Yeah,
1: well, and there's also a and there's also a shitty undercurrent of, uh, I guess Nariko can't hook up with Hotohori because uh, they were assigned right. male at birth, like, yeah. which is also shitty. And um, I, I was, I was paying so.
2: attention, and I noticed that like after the shitty reveal, and after I think after they heal Miyaka, they start mm-hmm. drawing. They start they start drawing Noriko differently. Like their their clothing is less pinched at the waist, they their shoulders look broader. hmm And it kind of made me sad.
0: Well, yeah. they also start wearing um men's There's, clothes. Not yet. They're still, in, most, their, not they're still yet. in
1: their not uh, in their courtesan outfit right now.
0: But like after the yeah, later they start Start wearing wearing men's clothes, um, for traveling in, which, you know, like eh, that's more practical.
1: It is, yeah. No, I mean switching (laughs) honestly, one of the things that drives me bonkers about this series is that Miyako insists on wearing her school uniform everywhere.
2: The fact that the school uniform is a plot point.
0: (laughs) Well, we uh, when we see her in non school uniform clothes, her clothes are so just so ugly. (laughs) <laughs> well, but that's
1: that's uh, no.
0: What we'll I, see that next time. What
1: I what I mean is like they hide her leaving leaving the city because mm-hmm. the school because the uniform's going to draw attention. Oh you yeah. You do realize you 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 have clothes. You you are at an you are a palace. You can very easily get clothes tailored <laughs> to made true. for this girl, and she can <laughs> wander around your kingdom and not draw attention to the fact that she's showing like all of the leg, which would be very strange for the time period. Um. Like, I don't, I never, I never got why she didn't switch into, uh, into clothes from that area and, uh, and blend in better. It Mm -hmm. bugs me. Yeah. All right. So we should probably
0: start wrapping up. Uh, any final thoughts? I mean, I do
2: want to watch more of it. We've been having (laughs) a great time at my house, mystery science theatering the thing.
1: Oh yeah. No, it's super fun to watch with other people. It definitely Um, is. Um, I watched it. I've watched it with friends. M- most of the times I have watched it, and it's always it's always a different experience, and it always makes it fun. And it's one of those shows yeah. that I can simultaneously like sincerely like, and also just just tease relentlessly. Um, what a con drinking game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: are we ready to close out the the episode?
2: Next time we'll be watching episodes seven through
0: fourteen. Did we decide? Seven through fourteen. Yep
1: yeah um Um, we so yeah listeners um normally with the watch-alongs we do six episodes but Fushigi Yugi is 52 which doesn't divide up neatly and then the midway point is kind of at an awkward spot anyway so we're going to be doing like seven episodes for a few of them and then six for most of them as we head like towards the end so we'll let you know at Mm -hmm. the end of every podcast how many to watch so this next week it will be seven episodes Um, right so episodes 8 to 14 for next week
0: Mm -hmm. yes um see you there and I just want to mention that um I have a few panels coming up at uh, upcoming conventions at Otakon, I will be doing um a panel about uh abuse and romance in shoujo manga and I will also be doing a panel about uh awesome women making anime with Rose Bridges of Anime News Network And then at Anime Fest, I will also be doing the uh, romance and shoujo manga uh, panel. In addition to um, a panel discussing uh, different approaches to analyzing anime from a feminist point of view. Without necessarily going to, is this feminist or not? Um, I'll be doing a panel about uh, isekai shoujo series from the 1990s with uh, Megan of manga test drive do you guys have anything you want to plug
2: i think so we got a lot
0: of it done up at the top just uh need to plug stuff for the site now Mm -hmm. i think yes yes um so we hope you've enjoyed this episode if you like what you heard tell your friends and leave us a rating and review on itunes and if you really liked what you heard uh consider tossing us a dollar or two on our patreon patreon every month uh, your support really helps uh, the site because of the Patreon. Um, we can pay Peter for editing these episodes. We can pay our contributors. Um, we can have people going to conventions who wouldn't be able to otherwise. And if you're interested in more from the team and our contributors, please check us out at www.animefeminist.com or on Facebook at Anime Femme on Tumblr, at Anime Feminist, and on Twitter, also at Anime Feminist. See you next time. See you next time. Later, Annie fam.